Welcome to Revealing Jesus with Christina Pereira. Are you hungry to hear more about our beautiful Savior Jesus? Well, the Bible declares that grace and peace are multiplied to us in the knowledge of Jesus. Join me for revelatory teaching, interviews with leaders in the body of Christ, and testimonies of God's goodness in your life. Thanks for joining the conversation to reveal more of Jesus to a hurting world today. If God has a position for you, whether it's here in this life or in eternity, you'll get there. Mm. You don't even have to do anything. All you have to do is show up and surrender it. But before we get started, I want to give a quick shout out to our Christina Prayer Ministry sponsors who help support the mission to unite the body of Christ and fulfill the Great Commission with love. A big shout out to Go For Ministries who provides all of our equipment for our gospel events. Davis Financial Services who does all of our financial accounting. Harvest Family Network through which I am licensed and ordained and life-changing productions who helps put together evangelistic events to reach our city for Jesus. If you or your organization are interested in becoming a CPM sponsor, you can find out more information on our website at christinaperera.org. Do you have a loved one special occasion coming up and don't know what to get them? Well, now you can sponsor an episode of Revealing Jesus in their name. And you can give them a special dedication message read on air. It makes a great gift. To find out more information, just go to christinaperera.org slash podcast. Hey, everybody. Thanks so much for tuning in to this week's episode of Revealing Jesus with Christina Pereira. I am your host, Christina, and I'm so excited to have you with me here today. I hope and I pray that you are doing well right where you are and enjoying the continuously flowing favor of grace, pouring from our beautiful Savior and Father in heaven. I've got a great show for you today. I have an amazing leader in the body of Christ with me. He is a business coach and the host of Intrepid Impact Leadership Show on ESPN, which sits at the intersection of faith, leadership, and business, which is inseparable as the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Welcome to the podcast, Jerry Howard. Christina, it is such a pleasure to be here. You know what I love about your introductions is you just bask in the love of the Lord and not only your communication, but your introduction. So thank you so much for that warm introduction. It is certainly a pleasure to be here with you. Oh, well, thank you so much for being here with me. It's a great honor. I feel like I am so blessed to get to sit down with such amazing people like you and hear what Jesus is doing all across the body of Christ. And I am so excited because you are my first business coach and really a secular leader, but you're a Christian that is so passionate about living out that Christian faith in the workplace. And I am just so excited about that. I've told our listeners so much about you. Is there something maybe you can share with them, something personal just to help get to know you? Oh, absolutely. I'll start with, of course, gave my life to the Lord officially in 2010, but was not raised in the church. So, you know, after being most likely to succeed graduating high school, I actually ended up a couple of years later becoming a dropout and drugs and alcohol, and then joined the United States Marines. And what I love for people to know, because, you know, they hear business coach 
they hear, you know, suit and tie, all this stuff, but I love to shatter the glittering image. So yeah, I'm a business coach. I own businesses. I have the talk show you said, but you know, I actually just a little over a decade ago was in jail, right? So wow. uh, I, I joke around on the show all the time that I'm a certified jail inspector because I have been to jail in cities all across America. Wow. And I can laugh about it now, but you know, at the time it was certainly challenging and ultimately led me to the Lord. So even those, you know, character defects are, are what I consider to be those things that make us so unique and why God loves us so much mm -hmm. uh, because it's there that we find him. And I also have a beautiful family. My wife and I just celebrated in May 20 years. That woman is the blessing that God gifted to me mm -hmm. from day one. And I love to joke around when I do, especially Christian communicating. I tell people that I've been happily married for 20 years, but since I got saved about 12 and a half years ago, I like to say that my wife's been happily married for about 12. <laughs> and she is a saint for staying with me because we were married through a lot of those jail visits. Yeah. Um, and wow. Yeah. So. What else? Four beautiful children. One just started at Liberty University. Another, she's 18. Her name is Essence. Then James is my junior in high school. Then my little friends is what I call them. You know, if it weren't for the Lord and him rescuing me, mm -hmm. uh, then these two guys would not exist. So we've got Dakota, who's my third, and she's in fifth grade. And Daniel is in fourth grade. And, you know, they're such a beacons of light because they essentially had four parents you know, until my daughter just went to college. So you can see the Lord's favor on not only them, but on our family. And they've enriched us all really, including themselves, because they learn how to act more from the other ones and the other ones learn how to lead. So, you know, God's just doing some amazing stuff here with the Howard family. I love that so much. You know, it's such a beautiful thing. When Jesus saves, he saves holistically. He saves our families. He saves our careers. He's not just a savior for eternity. He's a savior for today. I tell people that all the time. How did you meet our beautiful Jesus? You tell this story called Handcuffs to Hospitals in 60 Months. How did that happen? Yeah. So that's essentially my testimony. And, you know, God called me a couple of times before that, but I didn't answer the call. And I remember even listening to, you know, contemporary music back then in the nineties was like jars of clay. Oh yeah. I would hear songs that they wrote and I could hear, and I could feel it in my heart, but I just ignored it because, you know, what are we saying? You know, I do have some Christian writing as well. I've been published a couple of times in various anthologies, but in one of those stories, I describe a Marine's encounter with the Lord in boot camp, which is not unlike my own you know, uh, encounter with the Lord there. And I say that because I still had not accepted the Lord or Jesus as my Lord, but I recognized that there was something going on there. But what I joked around with in the story was that, you know, you know I don't want to go to church, man. What are we going to do? Stand around singing lullabies. And Th that comment epitomizes the story because it's really just a sarcasm towards faith. Mm -hmm. uh, and so throughout those calls over the years, I had that attitude until, you know, you hit rock bottom and you start thinking, you know, maybe that I should give this God thing a try. <laughs> and so in 2008, that was probably the maybe 10th time I'd gone to jail and I, that was my second DUI. But I had done a number of felonious things before even joining the Marine Corps that I should have been locked up for good. But the point is that I remember praying to God in 2008, summer of 2008, and said, you know, Lord, 
I don't know 100% if you're real, but if you are, then you could literally snap your fingers and make all this go away. And so I did what I thought was the prayer way, you know, got on my knees, leaned over the coffee table, prayed the prayer. And then the most miraculous gift God could have ever given me occurred right when I opened my eyes. He changed nothing. You... Nothing changed. So I still had to go to jail. I still had to pay all the fines. I still had all the marital issues. Nothing changed in the moment. But I stopped drinking and did all that stuff. And about 12 months later, I kind of looked in the rearview mirror a little bit and I'm like, wait a second. It's all gone away. <laughs> it was miraculous. In 12 months, I had a new house. My wife and I were together together finally. And I had just started a job, quit smoking, of course, was not divorced and then done with all my jail stuff when I shouldn't have been. I should have probably mm -hmm. been in there for longer, but they basically commuted the sentence to some degree, but also let me do weekends instead of doing straight time. So I had some, a couple of weeks of straight time, but then changed it to weekends. So I could just show up and, you know, do some weekend time here at this jail. And then I was uh, also in trouble with another jail. So I had to go to another one and do uh, landscaping and that kind of thing. But uh, all that was done within eight months. But that summer's when I started really thinking, wow, you know, things have really changed. And then I got around another group of business people that were passionate for the Lord, but living out their faith in business. And they just, they made it cool to be a Christian. They made it cool to follow God. They were convinced that they were on God's team and the conviction that they could speak with that was fascinating to me. And so there was a, a Sunday service one day in January. It was January 24th, 2010. And you know, as they were approaching the altar call moment, man, my heart was racing, sweating, and I literally ran to the stage. And as I said, the prayer of faith, I didn't even close my eyes. You know, I was just that new of a person to realize that closing your eyes helps you focus, but it didn't matter. I was all in. So, so that was in 2010. And then in 2012, I was recruited to a training program that taught you how to run hospitals. And so that was a year long residency. You do some training in the boardroom. You do a couple of months on site as an assistant, and then a couple of months here and there at various administrator. And then in 2013, I started my job as a CEO of a trans or a continuing care retirement community. Mm -hmm. uh, it was a small one in Charlottesville, but nonetheless became a CEO. And CEO was one of the things that I was always passionate about. I, you know, when I started studying business was really excited about doing, I wanted to run a company. I felt like I could be a good leader, that kind of thing. But again, without God, it never would have manifested. I'd probably be dead or in jail still. And my two little guys, my two little friends would not exist. Mm -hmm. um, so the message there is if God has a position for you, whether it's here in this life or in eternity, you'll get there. Mm -hmm. You don't even have to do anything. All you have to do is show up and surrender. And you know, when I do this talk, handcuffs to hospitals in zero to 60, I actually raise my hands up and I say, and, and you just surrender. And, and when you have your hands up, it looks a lot like when we praise the Lord. Mm -hmm. It does. I love that so much. You know, I always tell people that it's not a one-time surrender. It's a daily surrender. It's a daily yes. It's a daily being led. It's a daily, you know, shut your mouth when you shouldn't be saying something That's you right. shouldn't be. It's a daily, you know encourage this person or email this person or, you know, 
it's such a beautiful walk with him. And I love that you said that you're not going to miss it to show up and surrender. Because I know in my own ministry, in my own walk with God, there were so many times where I was terrified I was going to miss it, even though I was still saying yes and I was still surrendering. It's just this weird fear. And I think sometimes, you know, we experience that a lot in the business world because we don't often have a grid of what that looks like to be a Christian in business. And I love that you mentioned what your leadership show talks about. And you actually mentioned a program that you helped develop called the Five Leadership Voices, created to help people find their voice and find their calling. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about that? Absolutely. And slight correction there too, just because I want to give proper credit is the founders of Giant Worldwide are named Jeremy Kubitschek and Steve Cochran. Both of them are Christian. They both have backgrounds in ministry and they actually developed the five leadership voices as a way of helping people, like you said, live out their giftings and understand, you know, one of the things they also teach is the 70-30 principle, and that is 30% of our time should be spent in things that we're not good at. And it's, you know, you don't want to be narcissistic and spend all your time in only what you're good at because you won't learn anything new. You got to stretch yourself. But 70% of your time should be doing things that energize you. And so realizing your leadership voice is the first step to actually understanding those giftings that God gifted you with. And so what I did is I took, there's a devotional out there that goes along with these teachings written by a gentleman named Dr. Jeffrey Dorman. He also uses the giant tools in his consultancy, but he is also a reverend or a minister, I believe. And he wrote a devotional called, I think it's called Invincible, actually. But in there, he talks about how the five leadership voices coincide great with the five fold ministry gifts that are noted specifically in Ephesians 4. And so, so when I learn the five voices and I go into a church, my contribution to the program that I teach there is that I went through the Gospels in the Old Testament and found the leadership voices. And you, you also am a little bit impulsive, chasing the shiny thing. Well, how do we find that in the Gospels? Well, let's look at Peter. So when Peter was accidental leader, like we call him, we call accidental and intentional leaders, walking with the Lord at the Mount of Transfiguration. It's supposed to be holy. You probably want to be quiet because Moses and Jesus and Elijah are talking and like, that's awesome, right? But he's running around talking about, let's build altars. Well, that's a classic connector. Gets so excited, you know, that they just go into accidental mode. And so I identify with that because I have those tendencies too. But on the other hand, when under the gifting of the Holy Spirit, in one message, he gets 3,000 people saved on the day of Pentecost. I mean, Talk about walking in your giftings, and that's Peter. Another one I love is Andrew. So Andrew is, of course, the first named disciple of Jesus and introduced Jesus to Peter. But if you look at what he contributed, he is what we call the, the pastor or the nurturer voice. And the nurturer voice is the quietest of the leadership voices, but also the most uh, common and the most giving to others. And so when we look at what Andrew did, Andrew in the Gospels, he is the one who connected Jesus with the boy with the fishes and the loaves. Why is that significant? Because back then, people got to understand the culture. A Jewish man would never know anything about what a little boy was doing or women back then, just as the way their culture was set up, those societal norms. 
But Andrew did. And see, that's what I love about nurturers. Nurturers are the types of people that know you, they know your family, that they know your mom's social security number. I mean, they just love knowing people and helping others realize their gifts and their dreams and help them achieve more. And nothing makes a nurturer happier than seeing someone else succeed. And they're just the selfless. But 43% of the population is a first voice nurturer as their foundational giftings or in the fivefold ministry gifts called pastor. But why is that significant? Because Jesus chose him first. Well, it doesn't surprise me because nurturers have the biggest heart. Jesus, of course, has the biggest heart. And Andrew would know everybody. Andrew would know about everybody, but would never glorify himself. But here's the thing. A lot of nurturers think that because they're a quieter voice, they can't lead. That's absolutely not true. In fact, the nurturer has the ability to influence more people instinctively than any other leadership voice because of the population's 43% nurturer. So if you look at what he did, he still became an apostle, you know, as a title. He still founded churches. And so that's what I love about taking the five voices and the gospels and the Old Testament. Oh, oh, let's not forget our girls. Old Testament women like Esther, that's a great connector. Deborah, that's a great apostle or pioneer. So we've got all these examples of who we are all throughout the Old and New Testament that really help us identify with those giftings and that nothing is more exciting to me than bringing leadership tools to the Christian community, whether it's churches, uh, nonprofit organizations that build faith, so that they can be what Giant likes to call a 100x leader. And a 100x leader is 100% healthy and intentionally multiplying themselves. Mm. And if you do that in the ministry, in the gospel, then you are living out daily what Jesus did. Because what did he do? He, he multiplied himself and then they multiplied themselves. And now we've got 2.3 billion Christians in the world. Mm -hmm. I think he's doing a good job. Yeah, I love that so much. And, you know, I often tell myself if Jesus started out with 12, if I just have 12 people who I'm influencing out there, who I'm equipping to be giants in the faith by revealing more of Jesus, then I'm doing good. You know, so many people in our world, they look at followers, they look at numbers, they look at social media stuff. And I just have to remind myself, eyes on the 12, eyes on the 12, because Great. Yeah, it's so beautiful. God's ways are so much easier and less stressful <laughs> than the world's ways. And I love that you try to help leaders live out their faith in business. Can you give me mm -hmm. some practical examples of how business leaders can live out their faith? Because, you know, I love that you put your impact leadership show on ESPN and you're reaching people right there. And it's just right there where they're coming, they're looking for their sports, but you're giving them Jesus leadership. And I, I love that. Oh, it's, that's been a great joy and really helped me step into a gifting that I didn't necessarily know I had. You know, I always like communicating with people, teaching people, helping them realize their giftings, but being more of in the influencer category, there's about six categories of business consulting. There's influencer, facilitator, teacher, coach, consultant, and there's one more I'm forgetting, but I never really thought of myself as the influencer category. Influencer doesn't mean you're like some superstar. It just means that when you communicate, you love to communicate with lots of people at once. So social media is a great way for that. Christina, you are certainly an influencer. Just a good example of that. And some people don't gravitate to that. Some people really like the one-to-one -one coaching, and I can certainly do that. Our good friend, mutual friend, founder of Evangelism on Fire podcast and the nonprofit there with Associated, Mark Thomas, 
He mm-hmm. is a really great one-to-one guy. That is definitely a gifting of his. So the ESPN Richmond Radio 106.1 airs Monday mornings at 6.30. You can also get access to it on the app. If you're out of the Richmond community, you don't have to use the radio to hear it. But when that opportunity came to me, and I'll tell that story real quick. There's a gentleman named Mike King who has a long history in radio. He had an idea about how to give people, non-syndicated, so to speak, an opportunity to share their voice. And so he calls it the Mike King Biz Network. If you Google Mike King Biz Network, you'll see him. He's all over Richmond. You know, he's got clients like me. He's got clients like the Chesterfield Chamber. And what he does is he gives them a voice and usually you can get, you know, 30 minutes and he does it in a unique way. Your story, your show is your idea. Like, for example, one of the things I love, I'm also a sponsor of one of his shows called Women Speaking Sports. And Mm -hmm. it is a fantastic group of women who are all about sports. But again, you can see how it brings a different flavor to the sports environment, which typically, of course, sportscasters were male dominated. And that's not to say females weren't present, but to have one that's a woman's point of view of sports is and just phenomenal. And I'm not a huge sports guy. My wife is, right? So you can see how I get excited about things like that. And he's done the same thing for me. So Intrepid Impact Leadership is, like you said in the beginning, we sit at the intersection of faith, leadership, and business. And I believe that those three are as inseparable as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And I'll ex- explain that. If you think about the Father, God, El Shaddai, he is the founder of our faith, of course. Well, what is leadership? So that's the faith piece. Now, leadership, that's brought to us by none only than Jesus himself. So when we think of leadership, we want to think of that human figure that represents the faith. And then the last is business. And why would business be the Holy Spirit? Well, in 1975, I believe, or maybe six, Adam Smith wrote a paper called The Wealth of Nations. And in there, he described in detail principle that he calls the invisible hand principle. Mm. Well, we, of course, know that the Holy Spirit's invisible. There's evidence of the Holy Spirit, just like the wind or just like gravity. Well, the invisible hand principle exists in business in a free market economy because regardless of how greedy you are, if your neighbor somehow is connected to your ecosystem, then you're inclined to do good to your neighbor so that it will be good for you because they're right next door or their business is next door. So as a neighbor of, let's say I have a storefront, a jewelry store, and right next to me is a bakery. Well, it's unlikely I'm going to rob the bakery because it's going to lower the value of my jewelry store and also cause people to not come there. Mm -hmm. So you're inclined to do the right thing. Well, that sounds like the Holy Spirit to me. And I love bringing in both business concepts like the five voices I also teach a little series a few weeks ago, actually it's probably about two months ago now, what I call the three rules of business. But I developed this for my son about 10 years ago when he was trading Pokemon cards. But all of this stuff comes right out of the Bible. So I got to give a little shout out to John Maxwell because his method of bringing leadership to the corporate community, I saw him in person about 10 or 12 years ago. I actually got to meet him at the Blue Book Signing line and was just very excited about what he's doing with both faith and leadership. And so that's really was the seed that was planted in me years ago about Mm -hmm. how we have intrepid impact. And intrepid just means fearless, but it means fearless in almost more of a rhetorical or humorous sense. And to the world, to the non-saved, Christians look 
a little bit odd, a little bit mm-hmm. unapologetic about being so on fire for Jesus. And just like your podcast here, Revealing Jesus, we are revealing Jesus. And, you know, Jesus seemed different to the world, even in his days on earth as a person. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's what intrepid means. It's unapologetically living out your faith, not only in the workplace, but in your personal life and not being afraid. And see, that's the other part is the fearlessness. Mm-hmm. If you're fearless, then you are faithful just by definition. So trepid just sounds cool. So it's a great way of saying fearless. And then, of course, impact is the sudden change, either in direction or momentum. And that's what happens to us when we meet the Lord. I mean, you know, my story's probably not unlike many stories where God just said, look, today is the day and you ain't never going back. Mm. Uh, And so that happened to me. So when we come in as Intrepid Impact team, our consultancy, uh, there's about six of us now. But again, I'm working on actually what I loved you said, eyes on the 12, keep your eyes on the 12, because that's exactly what my goal is to have three primary, you know, essential leaders in, in the consultancy, which we're still developing that. And then, you know, nine others that are associated with us or are kind of our leadership team there. And it's based on that same model. So I love that you said eyes on the 12. So again, that's what we do. We're bringing unapologetic light and faith and leadership to what I consider to be the largest mission field in the country. And that is the workplace marketplace ministry. I mean, if you can influence somebody at work Mm -hmm. in your faith, and here's the message, whether you're a leader or whether you feel like you're a pawn. You have impact, you have voice, mm-hmm. you have a, a leadership voice, and you have a story, no matter how, you know, weird it is, handcuffs to hospitals, like, what is that? Zero to 60, you know, the, but that is the very thing that God calls you to use to influence those people. So what does all that mean? It means shatter the glittering image. You do not have to be perfect. Not only do you not have to be perfect to follow Jesus, but do you not have to be perfect to influence somebody in a positive way? Mm-hmm. I have a friend who's pretty high up in the FBI right now, and he's going through some challenges personally. And I mean, look, I feel like I'm jailbird Jerry, you know, to some degree, right? And I'm influencing this guy in the FBI, right? Like that is a good example of how your mess is your ministry. So don't be afraid mm-hmm. to say, hey, you know, I was once in this situation where I had, you know, where I was in jail a lot, right? You know, and that's just my story. You know, those listening, your story is the very thing that A, is going to shatter the glaring image to those people that, you know, right next door to you. Like, here's the thing. Nobody cares if you have a white picket fence, if they can't pay their rent. But if you can share with them the challenges that you had at some point and just reach out and say, hey, if you ever need to chat about anything, I'm here to help. Just that little seed. They might be driving a BMW. You say, oh, I like your car. Hey, I'd love to chat with you sometime. They might be hurting. They (laughs) might hurting and you are not where you are by accident. God put you where you are intentionally. So you just have to be an intentional leader and live that out. I love so much of what you said. I love that you said you believe the nation's largest mission field is the workplace. And for so long, the church is focused simply on the ministry, churches and things like that. And we need that. But we also need to realize that we are equipped with those stories, with those encounters of Jesus, with those anointings, with those callings to go out into the workplace where each and every one of us are. You know, I'm so thankful that I get to do what I get to do because I'm able to equip people, call people, but I do it 
in such a way that's so personal and impactful, just like you talked about the vulnerability. It's powerful. It is incredibly powerful. And when we open up and when we share what Jesus has done for us, it does exactly like you said, it shatters that glittering image of what people think it's like to be a Christian. You know, Jesus doesn't promise us that we won't suffer. In fact, he guarantees us that if we are working for the gospel, that we will suffer persecution for the gospel for the sake of putting forth this gospel of grace. And, you know, it's just how it comes, but he promises that he will be with us. And he also promises that he will fill our mouths when he puts us before kings and leaders. And just like you talked about, he puts you in front of your friend at the FBI to influence him in the things of God. And I just get so excited about that because God's ways aren't always up in front of our face. You know, I keep meditating and thinking about the book of Esther and you started to talk about her. The entire book of Esther, God is working behind the scenes. You don't see what he's doing up front, but he's there working. And I feel like we are in an Esther hour right now where God is working behind the scenes and we cannot always see what he is doing but he is raising up specifically women in this hour, men as well, but specifically women to be voices and to share their messages wherever they are. Can you give our Absolutely. listeners a couple practical steps to share their faith in the workplace? Just a couple opening lines would be awesome. The first step is under understanding like intrepid is that you do not have to fear doing that richmond virginia uh, is where i'm located needles eye ministry is one of the first organizations in this city and well-known well-regarded throughout the city you know the largest law firm you know in the richmond area you know supports and hosts needles eye ministry at their place so here's the thing you should know is that it's very likely that your employer or business or, you know, it is okay with you on a personal level discussing your faith. It is a thing you can talk about at the water cooler. There's a great opening line. When you meet somebody new, you can ask them, hey, how long have you been in the area? They say, well, how long? You say, oh, cool. Do you go to church? There you go. Right there. There's your opening, you know, and it's not that you're trying to invite them to invite or, or that interested. So your attitude, your heart has to be in a place of interest, not of just evangelizing. And I think that's the thing is a lot of people think, oh, I have to do an altar call to share my faith. And that's totally the opposite. What you have to do is you have to make a friend. And Mm -hmm. we're born with that skill set. When we were three on the playground, we did not have a concern in the world about what somebody's skin color was, what clothes they were wearing, what their gender was. Or, you know, whether they had five earrings, it didn't matter. We just were looking for a friend. And so we were playing in the sandbox together. What's your name? Mm-hmm. And that's the easiest way to start. Hey, I'm Jerry. What's your name? And I've taught this to my kids too, because I have, a, you know, my, not all my kids are outgoing. And so I'm teaching them how to make a friend. And my oldest daughter is probably more introverted, but she has no problem giving a talk in front of a class or anything like that because she recognizes that. You know, it's not all about us. It's not all about our glittering image, as I like to say. It's just about making a friend. So if you genuinely care about something that they are doing, then comment on it. 
Hey, I like those shoes. Where'd you get them? And then of course, if you're interested in sharing your faith and you can say, Hey, where do you go to church? And if they say, Oh, we don't really attend church. And here's what I found that question right there. Oh my goodness. It opens up so many doors because a, if they just moved to the area, they might be looking for a church, but B people often get a little bit of shame and they say, Oh, well, we haven't really been going, but I need to go. Oh, this is the classic phrase, but I need to go. Well, I'd be happy to have you at our church. It's a nice church. We love it. It's great. We've been going for five years, et cetera, whatever your story is. So if you're living out your faith, of course, you need to be plugged into a local church. That's hundred percent guaranteed. So you should have that. But at the same time, your goal, your intent, your heart is just to make a friend and making a friend is just sharing something exciting about yourself, but also asking them, what do they like to do? And that's really the key. And this is the message too, because I've kind of bounced around is it's not about necessarily going right for the sale. Like, cause I do some leader or some sales training too. And I tell everybody, look, it's about building a relationship with your ideal client. That's how you sell. And so as, as sharing your faith, it works the same way. You build a relationship with another human whom you share some commonality with. Maybe you work at the same place. Maybe you both like the color blue. Maybe you both wear the same shirt. Maybe you both have the same purse. Either way, all of these things are right here in front of you for you to make a friend. And that is the best advice I think I can give about sharing your faith in the workplace. And lastly, just don't be afraid. It's okay. Believe me, Needle's Eye Ministry has educated me because that was as a business owner, I own two small construction companies. I wanted to do more of work with my own people about their faith and being able to pray for them and that kind of thing. Um, so I reached out to Needle's Eye and joined one of their groups and learned that there's no law that says you can't ask to pray for someone. There, you just wouldn't want to take over a whole meeting that's you know designed to talk about market share with your faith. But on a one-to-one -one basis, there's no law that says that you can't ask to pray for someone. If they say no, you say, oh, no problem. Just, just want to make sure. But that's how I got started as the business owner. I didn't want to get sued or something. So I found out what the rules were, found that there really isn't any one-to-one -one rule. There isn't any one-to-one -one rule as long as you're not harassing somebody about it. But mm -hmm. like I, I had an employee whose father passed away and she was sharing that with me. And so at the end of her story about it, I said, well, I'd love to pray for you if you're okay with that. She was not a believer, but she said yes. And so we prayed and then that was the end. But see, here's the thing. I did that with a team member a few years later, a different team member just asked, hey, she was talking about some emotional challenge she was having. I said, well, I'd love to pray for you if you're okay with that. She said, yes. Then she said, hey, I live over here in this area. Do you know of a church? And I said, yes. Plugged her into a church. She praises that shirt. This is it. it Nine months after that, she praises the church. Her husband got saved, started going to the church. She's got four kids that are plugged into the church. So mm -hmm. all you have to do is be okay with getting to make a friend or making a friend. I love that so much. You know, God always prioritizes connection and he loves to be interested. And if we just have, like you said, the opportunity to do life with people right there in the yeah. workplace, because we all encounter challenges. We all need support. And if we can come along beside people and say, hey, listen, I'm so sorry you're going through this, but I know someone who can help and I'd love to support you and pray for you. People always appreciate that. You know, it's never underestimate the power of getting in and getting dirty and doing life with people in such a way that supports them. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you.
Well, this has been so much fun. Will you pray for our listeners before you go? I would love to, Christina. Thank you so much. So if you're driving, listen to this, don't close your eyes, but I typically close my eyes and bow my head when I pray, but you can pray with your eyes open, praising God, you know, however you want. So I'm just going to bow my head and say, Father, we thank you for this time together. Lord, I want to raise up and glorify Jesus first, but I thank you so much for the influence that you've given Christina and her podcast, not only to bring the gospel to more people, but also to help individuals that are listening right now to recognize that they have that same capacity and that with the strength of the Lord, we can achieve anything that God has called us to do. And so, Lord, my prayer is that you pierce the hearts of everyone listening, everyone in the sound of my voice, to seek you first. Seek first the kingdom, your kingdom and your ways, Lord, and know that your righteousness is what will really amplify their gifts in the world. And not everyone is called to be a gazillionaire or anything that has to do with money or business or what have you, but everyone is called to share their faith and to make a friend. And so, Lord, I pray that you move your favor in their lives so they can see you moving or working just like you did in mine. And and it's in all these things in your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Jerry. That was awesome. I am excited and I am believing for God to just continue to move in the workplace and inspire people to share Jesus everywhere they are. Well, I hope and I pray that today's episode has blessed you. I will have links to today's podcast and resources in the show notes on cpnshows.com under Revealing Jesus with Christina Prayer or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll find additional resources to connect with us and our special guest, Jerry Howard. Until next week, may grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of Jesus. God bless. Thanks so much for tuning into this week's episode of Revealing Jesus with Christina Pereira. I hope today's episode has blessed you. Please subscribe, share it with your friends, and don't forget to sign up for our ministry mailing list for more encouraging content about our beautiful Savior, Jesus. Just text JESUS to 1-833-815-7778. That's 1-833-815-7778. 7778. And of course, it's your turn now to join the conversation. Send me your burning questions, leaders you would like to hear from in the body of Christ, your testimonies, and more. Just click join the conversation in the show notes. And for more information about our ministry, visit us at ChristinaPereira.org. Until next week, may grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of Jesus. God bless.